Hello, everyone. This is IBS Intelligence Podcast. I am Gaia Lamperti, and today I'm joined by Tarusha Mittal, a blockchain entrepreneur, founder, and podcast host. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. It's quite an honor. Thank you for joining us. So, Tarusha, I know you are a well-established female entrepreneur in the sector, so I would like to hear about your journey and maybe if you could tell us about the ventures you created and you're currently working on. So, uh, you know, thank you so much for those kind words. I've been uh, like an entrepreneur, a deep tech one for nearly 12 years now, I think. So I started my journey with a data center and cloud company. My co-founder and I, we kind of bootstrapped a data center right in the in the capital city of Delhi and uh, kind of uh, successful because in six months we broke even. Uh, so we did well there, but then, uh, you know, we realized that there was no way that we could scale that because, uh, you know, all of these companies, Google and AWS, they came with these credits, right? They give out these credits for cloud that you can utilize. And these are free credits. See, we did not have that kind of money uh, to, you know, sustain and grow the business in on that trajectory. So that is the point where we thought that, okay, we need to start thinking about something else. And uh, that is when we started working on one of the first Ethereum exchanges of India, which is called Ethic. That was like my first venture in the blockchain and crypto space. In, you know, in 2017, India's uh, central bank, it came with a very order for businesses that were actually dealing in crypto like almost overnight uh, they kind of banned the services being offered by banks to these companies and that kind of obviously we had to stop our work so there we just had like two options either move our operations abroad uh, or or basically you know shut it entirely which is what we had to do because at that point again we had not raised money you know moving operations abroad can be very costly and especially like five six years ago uh, it was a very tedious process like now it's it's much easier because people tend to know so much more and they are more connected and they know okay what is the process of you know kind of structuring your corporate end but at that point it was very complicated and it was a tedious and expensive process so we decided that okay let us uh, get into the process of shutting that down and uh, then we uh, you know we started working on Oro Pocket which is like the venture that I'm associated with currently Oro Pocket was basically established uh, to give the end user financial freedom and freedom of choice regarding their finance so Oro Pocket has three product lines under it under its umbrella Oro Pocket itself which is a you know fintech digital assets investment platform which is you know these transactions are happening on blockchain but uh, the user is basically getting introduced to all of these very interesting asset classes uh, that they might not feel very comfortable actually getting into because it's very intimidating but it's like one stop for different asset classes that you can invest in and also um, we offer financial services on top of these asset classes to make sure you know that uh, your investments always feel highly liquid in nature that is like one app and the other uh, two apps are more crypto facing uh, so the other is open DeFi, which is exactly like oro pocket except that it's completely DeFi facing and it's in the p2p space it's a mix of real world assets and you know uh, synthetics so with oro pocket we have right now uh, you know digital gold and silver available for our uh, users so you can actually invest in gold and silver and get like a loan against it spend it in real time using an asset back card or like a, you know in india we have a upi feature so you can instantly spend it on day-to-day Expenses. So that is what OroPocket does. And again, coming back to Open DeFi, Open DeFi has these assets as well as some synthetics, but it's completely crypto facing. And the third product line is called uh, Unifarm, which is a group farming and staking protocol. We launched it in March and we've actually had stupendous success with it. Uh, we've had over 40 million that has been staked on the platform already. Currently, I think that number stands at 25 million because some people unstake as well in farms end. Uh, and we have like a partnership with 
more than 65 DeFi uh, projects in the space. Thank you so much for this introduction. As you mentioned, financial freedom seems to be, you know, your, your focus area and a, and a very important value in all your work. Would you tell us how new technologies like blockchain, digital assets, cryptocurrencies can contribute to ensure financial inclusion, financial freedom and independence? You know, blockchain, as I keep saying, is like this, you know, greatest equalizer right after internet. So, you know, internet gave you the power or gave the end user the, you know, power of information that could actually learn anything while sitting anywhere. And you had this information right at your, you know, fingertip. Again, with blockchain, it's like the greatest equalizer that there ever was. As long as you have a phone, like a smartphone with internet on it, you can actually take part in this financial ecosystem, which is being built, which is actually very different from the traditional market you know, ecosystem to which so many people are, they, they are kind of out of that system by default, through no fault of their own, just because, you know, it's, it's kind of tedious and it's rigorous and it has all of these prerequisites that people have to be, you know, have to have to be actually to be eligible to be able to transact in this world. You know, again, with, with this particular DeFi and blockchain ecosystem, the financial ecosystem that is being created with crypto, it is flat. So anybody can participate in it. Anybody can, you know, uh, take part in it, do these transactions just because you have a smartphone and the internet and you can, you know, get insurance, you can get, you can, you know, get loans against your investments, you can get loans in general, like B2P loans, etc. And it's usually, it's not just usually, it's always, almost always, as compared to the traditional world, it is like at a fraction of a cost, right? The fee is negligible. So all of those things, they matter in the long term to people who are, you know, trying to sort of just figure out how to start the process of, say, wealth creation or being financially free, right? Traditional system doesn't give you that much leeway because banks somewhere, they have too much power. They control ultimately what you do with your money, right? Banks won't even allow you to withdraw your own money, uh, you know, uh, except for a certain amount every day, right? They have a limit. So I find that ridiculous that it's your money. You've actually placed it there for safekeeping and somehow they kind of tend to dictate what you can do with your money. And that shouldn't be the case. So and it, it kind of doesn't give you that push. I think the crypto and the blockchain world also pushes users to sort of become more financially literate. That kind of happens by default. If you get into the space, you would want to know more about the space. And when you start learning more about the space, you tend to become more financially literate. And that kind of, you know, that kind of push doesn't happen in the traditional world. And then you're sort of stuck living paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, you are stuck thinking about how to sort of start your wealth creation journey. And, you know, when you get into crypto and blockchain and DeFi space, that push kind of comes by default that, you know, you're already thinking on those lines. You're already thinking about how can I better utilize my money to create wealth for myself? How can I make my money work for me in, in better words? So fascinating. I was going to ask you as well, you have a podcast. So you're also a communicator of technology of blockchain, which is still a topic that is quite technical, quite new. How do you make it easy to understand? How do you communicate it to wider audiences, younger people, or maybe people who come from a different background and don't have the financial knowledge that helps in understanding how this underlying technology works? 
it's not that difficult to actually put it easily. I I feel that you know people who kind of complicate things they don't understand them well <laughs> enough themselves. I think it's very straightforward, and you know, putting something, some concepts in simple words is something that I feel very very strongly about. That you know, you simplicity is wherein lies beauty. So if you are like really complicating things and making it difficult for the you know end user to understand or somebody to actually grasp that information, then perhaps you don't understand it yourself. Like and for people who you know who have this sort of preconceived notion that they need to perhaps have a lot of information and knowledge and be trained in a certain manner beforehand before they get into crypto or blockchain let me dispel it right now i i think that you know you learn every something new every day and even i'm not trained like when i started off i started off my crypto journey and blockchain journey professionally later but you know out of just pure fascination uh, in 2012 i was one of those early people who were setting up mining rigs to actually mine ethereum etc but the thing is that it was just curiosity and it was just the fact that i was reading up and following some people who were uh, sort of you know thinking about this technology in a passionate way and i got that information so it doesn't have to be that you know you need to get professional training you just need to be open to just learning and you know being a little uncomfortable because crypto and blockchain because they are so new they will do that to you you'll get a little uncomfortable but be open to that just be open to the learning curve that comes with it and uh, you don't need to be trained and you don't have that you know misconception that you need to be a techie or you need to really have a pure you know foundational knowledge about it guess what there is no foundation here like you know honestly because this is this technology is so dynamic right every day something new comes up i learn every day so i think that you know people who go about saying that okay they are an expert in blockchain uh, i find that very laughable because the technology itself is so dynamic and it's not that old that you can you know really be an expert uh, in this so just be open to learning and you know you can go places again you know i always tell people take the example of me like i come from a background in humanities actually and i've just co-founded and you know founded a deep tech ventures and i just did that because i was you know kind of open to the self learning aspect being uncomfortable and if you could do that uh, i think anybody can do that your degree doesn't matter and where you've studied or what you've studied it hardly matters in this day and age uh, you know remember internet being a equalizer you know you can get that information and you can be a part of any bandwagon in any sector uh, just be confident i really like the idea of being open to discomfort i think it's a very good point and as you mentioned your personal experience i'd like to open the discussion more broadly on women in stem it's still disproportionately unbalanced so i was wondering if you you know have some personal experience around the topic if you ever encountered bias yourself how do you deal with it and if you have any recommendation for other women entrepreneurs absolutely okay this is like you know you've opened the pandora's box i love talking about this but uh, yeah but you know there's there's a lot of disparity when it comes to uh, the gender ratio everywhere i think but 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 you know it is more i think more pronounced in in the blockchain space and in crypto and stem especially my two cents for people or women who are actually you know trying to get into the space or feel like intimidated by the idea i would say just go for it don't believe in the naysayers that you know tell you that okay this is more for the boys than the girls like girls are for humanities and you know boys are for the sciences that is absolutely incorrect i think in this day and age i think it's more about a holistic and 360 approach degree approach to education rather than just focusing on you know particular niches i do believe that a generalist will go you know be more open and be able to solve bigger problems than somebody who's just an expert so if you're like a woman who's like still second guessing herself whether she should get into stem or whether she should really get into crypto i would say just just go for it get the right mentors ask for help i have not come across anybody 
who would say that okay we don't want to help you out we will not tell you that you know this this is the direction that you want to go in and you know visa be just me and uh, facing bias yes i think earlier in the day when i was very young and i started off i did face some bias that you know when i used to be talking about technology and the solution that i'm providing i used to just sort of uh, wait for my co-founder to back it up because he's he's like a guy and uh, you know i've also had like people ask and i've also had very offensive ones when people have asked me that okay it does this business belong to your husband or your father or something like that and you know it was it was just it used to aggravate me a lot but now i just find it funny because i i think that you know your work speaks louder like you know there's no point in getting into a battle every time and you know really just getting aggravated um, spend your energy elsewhere people will think what they have to think just do what you need to do and keep pushing the envelope keep pushing your boundary um, they'll just keep talking and they'll shut up after a while so just just do what is right for you you know that is the most important thing like to live up to your full potential to it's okay to fail i have failed so many times and you know it doesn't matter see you are only failing when you stop trying so it's very important that especially for women to have that get that extra push and be confident like you know go all guns blazing that's so inspiring thank you and what are you doing yourself in your own companies with your own ventures to champion new female talents who apply who, who are just seeking for help or guidance or suggestions my own company i think without even kind of uh, doing anything extra we have still most of the i think 90% of our team leads are women uh for most of the departments that is something that has happened uh, pretty much organically and in a very beautiful manner i'm very proud of it though i it was not that i was trying to go out of my way and get women because we had everybody applying but somehow i was very blessed and we had all, we have all of these talented women uh, in our team i think that you know to encourage more women in this space there has to be a training element to it like you know even if you're going to be hiring somebody uh, please assure them of that of their growth trajectory of where their career can go with you know if they are working with you so training becomes a very important part uh, obviously the person needs to be coachable as well but i think training i have to you know be open and be coachable and i have so many advisors because otherwise i don't know everything like the, you know all of these people who have done who have spent all of this time doing things and you know they they've kind of made their mistakes i would like to learn from their mistakes right i would wouldn't want to keep repeating those mistakes and so that is one thing that you know you have to keep training as a part of you know the growth strategy or the growth vision that you have for your team members support women when they are like they are going on a maternity leave this isn't just go for mothers it goes for fathers as well paternity leave maternity leave you know you should be you should be supporting your employee or your team member in their growth trajectory as well as you know in their family life maintaining their work life balance making sure that you know, you're invested in where they are heading because ultimately i feel like team is more like a family like your work family and all of you are kind of you have to be invested in each other's growth otherwise you are not going to be growing as a company you won't be growing as individuals either so those are like few things that i keep going back to so having that kind of resources and providing that support like we also give our team members a certain part of their you know remuneration for basically skill development courses etc so all of those things they count somewhere and i think that you know you can make it a part of your entire policy it doesn't have to be gender facing but it can be for everybody but ultimately all of these things would make sure that you have like the right people uh, helping you create your vision thank you so much tarusha it was been a great conversation and it was a pleasure speaking with you thank you so much for taking out the time i know i kind of rambled off but these are all things that i love talking about thank you so much for making it so interesting and asking all the right questions it was lovely <laughs>